0: Welcome to BetUS NFL Show with Matt Landis, Las Vegas Chris and Scott Kellen. When betting the NFL, sometimes it makes sense to wait all week before making a bet. Often though, it's best to act early and act fast to get a number that makes most sense for your side. And that's why we're coming in early every Tuesday to preview the week's slate and talk about some of the highlights from the previous week of the regular season. The New York Jets breakout superstar Mike White faces up against the Indianapolis Colts in a Thursday night primetime matchup. And if that wasn't enough, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers will face Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in a crucial non-conference matchup on Sunday. We will be treated for a week with only two double-digit spreads, but the biggest news right now is the Titans running back Derrick Henry's potential season-ending injury. We'll see what our crew has to say, but first remember to subscribe and ring the bell so you never miss out on any show. See you
1: on Friday. NFL week nine on the horizon. We're here to take an early look at some edges on the betting board. And guys, as we get to it, a couple of burning questions that usually seem more well-suited for week one. But even though we're hitting the midway point of the season... Gotta wonder, who's healthy these days and who's any good? Chris, any thoughts?
2: I have no idea. Scott, who's healthy?
1: <laughs> uh, not a whole lot of
3: people. Every week it's getting worse and worse, right?
2: You know, every year it, it's just getting harder and harder to keep up with all this stuff. And then you've got the unfortunate situation in Las Vegas that developed today and Uh, You know, there's all kinds of reasons. Uh, You've got the Ridley situation. It's not just injuries. It's not just COVID. It's a variety of factors affecting every game. And it's just frustrating.
1: Yeah, some real life stuff taking center stage, especially these past 72 hours or so with Ridley and Rugg. So uh, we can use that to put this all into perspective, do our best to Have some fun with this. Try to compartmentalize and maybe make a little bit of money along the way. So that's what we'll get to over the course of today's show. And a couple quick housekeeping items before we dive in. First off, if you're watching this on YouTube, as always, please go ahead and give us a quick thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. And if you're joining us live today, go ahead and jump in that chat. Let us know if you have any questions. And you can also let us know what you think as we take our early look at Week 9. And if you have any strong convictions on Week 9, go ahead and sign up today at BetUS using the promo code NFL2021 for a 125% sign-up bonus, and use that to get and play yourself on the Week 9 card. For more information on that special offer, check out the link below this video. And guys, on that note, let's dive in, as we always do, by taking a look at our records for the season thus far. And it feels good to finally be out of the cellar as we look at this full-screen graphic on YouTube. Another 3 in 3-0 week has gotten me uh, not quite caught up to Scott, uh, but... Chris, even though you are uh, now in third here, you have a winning record and it's looking pretty good for all three of us. A quick recap. Chris, 21 and 19. Myself, 16 and 10. And Scott, 15 and 8. So a lot of good work over the first half of the season. We'll certainly do our best to keep that rolling as we hit the back half of the season, starting right here with week nine. And guys, as we start to look at what we can apply moving forward, sometimes it can help to look back at some of our bets from the most recent weekend's. And to that end, let's talk Carolina-Atlanta because that, I believe, was just a second consensus bet for the three of us, and we're now 2-0 there. I think it was the Jets in Week 4, and now the Panthers coming through in a big way in Week 8. Chris, what did you make of the process behind that bet and the ultimate result that we saw on Sunday?
2: Well, Carolina's been a team that's been biting me in the rump this season, and I actually swore off of them coming into last week. And unfortunately, the metrics came in, and uh, studying basically how the game was going to go. I I was forced to play it even, you know, so I held my nose and I was happy to be on it. And uh, you just can't be stubborn uh, sometimes. I mean, you need to get off of teams sometimes, but you can't be stubborn either. And you've got to keep an open mind uh, uh, all along. So I'm happy I, uh, I kept an open mind and I played them.
1: Yeah, definitely a tricky balance there between being, you know, stubborn and open-minded. And one of my takeaways from this bet, another friendly reminder that even though they often say it's better to be lucky than good, certainly best to be both. I think that we were pretty good with the process behind the Panthers, but also some good fortune. Kyle Pitts with some uncharacteristic drops in the Falcons could have at least made us sweat a little bit, but it ended up being a pretty comfortable cover and outright win for the Panthers. Scott, as another unanimous play for us in the books, what did you make of that one?
3: Uh, I missed the game, actually. Side note, uh, I was go karting with uh, my nephew's kids and whatnot. And uh, keep your phone away. Uh, I realized my phone dropped on the track and was run over several times. So it's got a few dents <laughs> on it now. Uh, but so that did not Surprise happen. it's still intact. Yeah, yeah, that, that was great. Uh, but I was watching the scores and whatnot. And I thought the game kind of played out like we thought. I thought both teams' uh, offenses were a little bit below average. But I thought that the big swing here was getting points with the defense that was better. Um, and that seemed to play out that way. And I know from a success standpoint, uh, Carolina was at about 60% running the ball. And we felt they'd be able to run an Atlanta's defense. So it was kind of nice. It kind of played out um, kind of like I thought. And, you know, they don't always do that, but that one did.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of getting points with the better defense in the NFC South, the next game we can recap from Week 8 before we turn the page to Week 9, the Saints hosting the Bucks. Scott, we'll touch on your side in a moment with the Saints coming through. Chris, you played a total in that one, and it seemed like you were a little bit on the fence uh, even before that game kicked off. Well, I'm a double loser on that game. I added
2: Tampa Bay minus four uh, uh, close to game day, and uh, or it was game day, actually. So uh, I started to feel bad about the total uh, as the week went by. Uh, I just kind of realized that actually there was going to be more passing and uh, Disappointed with that pick, and 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 the and the side could have gone. Tampa Bay was heavily, heavily bet in game. It was one of the most in, bet in game uh, games ever. Uh, supposedly, I read someplace. Everybody was pounding Tampa Bay in game. So, it, you know, it looked like they would make that uh, that uh, traditional comeback, and uh, unfortunately, Brady uh, wasn't able to do it.
1: Yeah, I've got to think a lot of that in-game betting came when Jameis Winston went down and Trevor Simeon came in for New Orleans. That could have seemed like a monster mismatch with Brady on the other side. But, Scott, that didn't derail your Saints bet. Saints covered and won the game outright.
3: Yeah, I had Saints, uh, but I don't know that they deserved to win it. Quite. I mean, Brady, I thought, made two bad interceptions, obviously impacted them. I'm looking at the success rates here. Tampa was basically 50%. Uh, New Orleans, uh, just doing the math, between the rushing and passing, about 36%. I don't have the yards per play and whatnot in front of me, but I know that was heavily skewed towards Tampa Bay as well. So Saints got away. They got the win. A couple costly turnovers from Brady. I did come back and bet a little bit Tampa Bay in-game, which I lost. I had a buddy, Chris, who bet under 56 after you know there was 14 points scored early. Uh, and that return uh, at the end of the game, uh, sunk his, uh, 56 under as well. So, uh, you know, always got to be careful with in-game betting. I thought the, um, the approaches were right. They just didn't work out, but I feel lucky to have won with new Orleans. I'm not sure that they were the better team in that game, but they took advantage and, and made it happen.
2: You know, they had those pamphlets in the casinos where, you know, you can call the 1-800 helplines and and I think I should be prohibited from uh, offering any more totals in the future. When you, when you call up, do they just say, yes, Chris? They, they know they know you're calling or what? <laughs> Please hold, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Well, hopefully that won't be necessary as we start to sink our teeth into the week nine card, uh, moving on as we've taken away what we can from some of the more consequential week eight results. And speaking of that week nine card, let's pull up a full screen graphic here for the YouTube audience. And Chris, the cornerstone part of these Tuesday shows, tell us how you see these lines developing over the course of the next few days.
2: You know, this week's a little bit more difficult. I've been seeing at least four games in red, which means they're circled and have problems. And uh, there's two more that aren't in red, and they should be. So uh, I've got uh, Miami, uh, you know, was seven and a half. It it seems to be on a one-way path. Uh, It it might bounce back up to seven, but I I think it could go down to six, uh, uh, five and a half. But 7 is certainly going to be the ceiling on that game. Nobody's going to support uh, Miami above that. Uh, Indianapolis, that's a tough one. I, I, I skipped the game, didn't I? Uh, uh, we'll get to a bit as well. Is see, Indianapolis is going to see an 11 tops, I would imagine, uh, and, and probably you know slide back down. Uh, Dallas, 10 seems to be the ceiling on that one, even though uh, people are worried about the... The spirit in the clubhouse with uh, Miller being t- traded. Uh, uh, Baltimore five and a half seems low to me, and uh, I, I don't. I think those five and a halves might disappear and uh, should edge up. Uh, the metrics say New England is short. Uh, the eye tests say it's a little much. So four is looking pretty good. I don't see any major move coming from here. Uh, Buffalo, I don't think, is going to come down at all. There, there's just uh, not anybody that wants to get behind Jacksonville. Uh, I can, I just see uh, it staying where it is or climbing. Cincinnati, the three is certainly the ceiling are barring any major news. Uh, the Las Vegas game, uh, that's a tough call. We've got the rug situation. Uh, it seems to be teetering two and a half, three. I, I don't see a major move on that at this point. It probably would have climbed above three. So it it probably sits where it's gonna stay or could drop. Uh, New Orleans on the six, it's metrics say it should go higher. The eye tests say, how are they gonna score? Uh, So Atlanta's getting some support. Uh, So it it looks about right. No major move, I don't think. Uh, Chargers are getting amazing uh, disrespect in the market right now because there's a huge group betting Philadelphia every week and that's driving that line down how far it drives it, I don't know, but I think Chargers get game day money from the public. Kansas City, uh, Green Bay, uh, your guess is as good as mine. We're not going to see a beeline to three either direction, I don't think. Uh, and we've got the uh, Kyler Murray situation with Arizona that's making that uh, line unpredictable. It looks like it's going to be a repeat of last week's Zach, uh, where they're going to tease us if Murray's going to play. But I don't think he's going to play, and Col- Colt McCoy will probably sub in, uh, making San Francisco the likely favorite. Uh, so be careful on that game. Uh, Rams might rise for teaser protection. They'll rise. They'll take games up to nine, nine and a half, to uh, because they're going to get buried in Rams teasers. Uh, that's going to be the number one teaser game this week, probably. And Pittsburgh might uh, is starting to see a little bit of seven action. But how are they? How are they ever going to score? They're going to run the ball into the ground. Uh, at some point, uh, Chicago would get some support at seven. Uh, but there's not going to be any major support in one way or another in that one. That should yeah, do it. Seven,
1: seven, an awfully big number with a total as low as 40. So the relative value of each point seemingly magnified on the Monday night game. And Scott, another factor we always turn, turn to for you over the course of these next few days, keeping an eye on some injuries. Uh, I'm afraid the shorter answer this week would come to the question, who isn't hurt? But what are some of the more noteworthy injuries that you'll be keeping an extra close eye on over these next few days?
3: Yeah, we there, there's a few here. So let's look at uh, Broncos. We got Garrett Bowles, left tackle uh, for him. It looks like an ankle. I think he's going to miss a couple games. Pretty good left tackle for him. Bryce Callahan, uh, I believe it's a knee for Callahan in the secondary. Now, Callahan isn't having a terrific year. But Kyle Fuller, they've already kind of benched. Um, he wasn't doing having a very good year as well. So you just start eating that depth. And then we know Von Miller is gone via trade. He's not injured. But, um, you know, here's another defensive player that they have lost uh, as well. Cowboys uh, left tackle Tyron Smith. He's a pretty vital asset for them at left tackle. Uh, I think he's got bone spurs. And we'll see. I know they're planning to just kind of have options here, which makes it sound like possibly he could miss something. Uh, Daniel Hunter for the Vikings. He's out for the year. Vikings are a team that were right up near the top at pressure rate, so we'll see how that impacts them from putting pressure on the quarterback. We know the Panthers, Sam Darnold, concussion protocol here. Uh, They did add another quarterback to the roster. Uh, I don't know if that is because they think Darnold will miss or they're just trying to protect themselves, Uh, but he bears watching as well. Uh, Jaguars, James James Robinson left a running back, left that game early last week, Um, and it's too soon to say if he's going to play or not, but I think that one bears watching. Brown's right tackle, Jack Conklin, just came back a couple games ago. He is now out again. And John Johnson in the secondary as a safety. He's kind of a quarterback back there. He hasn't had a great year, but he is still a pretty vital role back there. And remember, they lost Denzel Ward last week as well. So you start to lose multiple pieces there if Ward can't play this week. Uh, from a Charger standpoint, Asante Samuel, cornerback uh, for the Chargers. Uh, again, just affecting that depth. Uh, Chris already hit on Kyler Murray. I've seen people think he's going to play, which would mean that Arizona line will pop back up. So if you like Arizona and you think he's going to play, I'd play it now. Um, and of course, Chris weighed in thinking he's not going to play. That one definitely bears watching. Uh, the Niners, Debo Samuel and and Trent Williams. I don't. I saw Trent Williams was hurt. And then I was looking. I don't know if he is still hurt, but definitely Debo Samuel, who seems to be taking all the receptions for San Francisco, uh, is questionable, and that is a very vital piece of that team. They look to be getting George Kittle back this week, which is nice. Uh, And then the Bears, Eddie Jackson uh, in the secondary there as well. Again, Jackson not having a great year, um, but he is still a vital piece of that secondary. And we know Mack missed last week. If Mack's out again, it just added pieces to that defense that are are out. um, And that can affect him as well. And then uh, one that we don't have in the list, but Devontae Adams wide receiver. He was out last week because of COVID pretty good chance. He possibly comes back this week. Um, So that would be an addition back to the Packers and obviously a pretty important addition if they can get him back as well.
1: Yeah, big showdown with the Packers taking on the Chiefs. And speaking of big names that didn't make that full screen graphic, also, of course, pretty much everybody aware by this point of Jameis Winston and Derrick Henry also going down. So beyond some of the big headlines, uh, a lot to digest over these next few days. And those are some names we'll be keeping a close eye on before our Friday show where we break down every game on the weekend slate. But we do have three games to get to on the Sunday slate with some bets already in pocket for this group. And, Chris, let's get to the first one. Uh, It's a side you've taken in the Patriots-Panthers game. BetUS currently has the Patriots laying four on the road, total at 41. And, Chris, when you mentioned this in the line move segment, you mentioned it kind of being an eye test versus metrics play for you, and it seems like you're in favor of your metrics in this matchup. Yeah, I mean – Who likes to lay points on the
2: road, even though uh, home field doesn't uh, have the same meaning it used to have three, four years ago? Uh, But uh, it's still hard to uh, get out of your mind when teams are traveling. Uh, We saw New England had a big win uh, last week, and uh, there's a lot of reasons to, you know, sit there and and, and back Carolina. uh, Coming back at home, and uh, it's a potential flat spot for New England, but... uh, if, you know, we, we didn't do a movers uh, up or down, if we did a mover, New England would be my big mover. Uh, I'm, I'm just shocked at uh, how much they've moved up in my ratings. We talked about it in divisional previews that uh, we expected a lot from this team, and they're getting it together. Jones is not making mistakes. Uh, he, he He's acting like he's been in this league for years. He's not He's not making any dumb throws. He's not making mistakes, not turning the ball over. The New England's starting to control the ground game as we, we as we mentioned preseason. That's what they were going to be able to do. They're finally getting that together, and they're just playing solid ball. And it's nothing flashy. It's just functional. It works. And Carolina still doesn't have McCaffrey. They still have offensive problems. Uh, whether Darnold plays or not, it, it really probably doesn't make a difference because it's going to be tough on them to score. Uh, so, yeah, I like New England in this matchup. I played at minus three early. I like it minus four now.
1: And would you say four is a ceiling on the price point or, or is there a different number if this continues to move on the Patriots? It, would you draw the line there?
2: Um, I, I I played up to uh, five and a half.
1: Got it. All right. Well, that makes me feel pretty good knowing I have a small um, early look at the Patriots in this one. From before the season kicked off, I had a conversation with the whale capper, Drew Dinsick. And as we talked about this game, for some reason on the you know game of the airlines, we circled this one when it was pick em, and getting the Patriots in pocket at that number. Um, feeling pretty good right now. Again, maybe some skill, but certainly some good fortune with the way things have been trending for these two teams of late. So I'll just sit on that bet and see how this game unfolds. Scott, any look for you as far as this Patriots-Panthers matchup on Sunday is concerned?
3: Uh, Nothing for me right now. I'm still kind of looking at the game, but there was nothing, at least in my initial set of looks, that uh, called my attention to play it either way.
1: Got it. Well, on that note, then, let's move on to a couple teams we talked about earlier in the show, another NFC South showdown, the Falcons heading to the Saints, as we can see here, Chris, the one in play on the Patriots, minus four, Scott and myself passing on that matchup. And in the NFC South showdown between the Falcons and Saints, we can see that New Orleans is up to a six point favorite at BetUS, total at 42. Chris, another side for you in this one. Who do you like? You know, people are going to, you know, accuse me of being schizophrenic
2: because um, I'm New Orleans one week against New Orleans the next week, on them the next week. It's a constant pivot job here. So, uh, You know, the numbers uh, strongly lean toward New Orleans in this case, and, uh, you know, Ridley's left Atlanta, and it it really just showed last week that uh, he's just a very, very important part of that team, and that offense is just not going. Uh, It's a bottom 10 offense in the league, and they're facing a number two defense in the league, New Orleans. New Orleans should be able to keep them under wraps. And we have to always worry about New Orleans' offense. And no matter which quarterback comes in, uh, they, they're going to be okay. And uh, you know, Atlanta's defense is nothing to jump up and up and down about. It's a bottom five defense. And there's people supporting Atlanta because they can't see New Orleans getting separation. And that is a little bit of a concern, but I I really think New Orleans is that much better here. And uh, I'm supporting New Orleans minus six, uh, up to six and a half.
1: Got it. And when you moved over potential uh, line movements, you touched on this line at six, seeming about right in your eyes. So if the line seems right, but you're still betting into the number, is that a case of the line seems right based on your anticipation of what the market will do not necessarily what your metrics are telling you?
2: You know, I don't really care about what the market is because I trust my numbers, if that makes any sense. I just want to know where it's going to go. So uh, that's my only concern. I, I, I think that the, not every single game is lined where it should be. There's, there's exterior factors hitting these lines. I can certainly see why Atlanta could get some support here just because New Orleans potentially isn't going to score. So but I don't it doesn't I don't mind betting into what's considered, quote, efficient NFL numbers.
1: Yeah, in this case, I see a lot of variance uh, as far as that Saints quarterback situation goes. So it's a pass for me. But I hear the strong case you made for the Saints, Chris. And Scott, I know it's a pass for you as well at this moment. Is there you know any one or two factors that you're keeping a close eye on to inform whether or not you ultimately do get in play on this one?
3: Well, I think on this game, Matt, at six, I would consider this in a teaser. I think um, Atlanta can't stop the rush. We, we talked about that last week against Carolina. New Orleans is going to be able to run the ball here, and New Orleans is not going to let Atlanta run the ball at all. Uh, and Atlanta hasn't proven they can throw the ball here. So... If you can use this game in a teaser, and I do have a, a metric that kind of looks at games that have a high probability of success by teasing it. Uh, New Orleans does fit this. It's, it's kind of based on being able to control the line of scrimmage. And so we're now asking New Orleans to win a game that they're going to be able to run the ball. I don't see them allowing Atlanta to score a lot of points. I know we get some quarterback issues with New Orleans, but we've seen New Orleans. The one good thing we can say about Sean Payton, that team, Teddy Bridgewater goes 5-0 and a couple weeks ago or a couple years ago uh, without Drew Brees. They built that on the line of scrimmage on both sides to be able to play in games like this. I don't think Trevor Simeon or whoever can go win a Super Bowl with these guys. But in this type of game, just to win a game and win the line of scrimmage, I think New Orleans has a easily very good chance of doing that. I think in a teaser, uh, even though we're not making that an official play here uh, right now, but I do think in a teaser, New Orleans is pretty attractive at six or higher.
2: Yeah, you know, and- you have to, uh, Scott, you have to look at uh, possibly putting that in a parlay with another rush uh, uh, team because yes. you're losing value because the money line is only 250 on that. So uh, you might be able to get better value uh, in a parlay situation on uh, New Orleans uh, because the money line is lower than a typical team at that number. Yes, you're yeah, 100% correct. Yeah, I didn't mean to.
3: I, I guess I didn't mean it, but I did say it that way as from a teaser. But you're right. Anytime, especially at the six-point range, um, anytime you can get it in a money line parlay, you're in a better spot. 100% agree.
1: Yeah, well, there is an official teaser play coming up shortly, but before we move on from this game, we can take a look at the official play, and that would be Chris laying the six points with the Saints. And then, uh, Scott, again, with that lean to a teaser or possibly a play on the Saints in a money line parlay, but Scott and I are going to go ahead and pass on this one for now, and that can take us to our third and final Sunday game we're going to break down before the Thursday-nighter, and that Sunday game would be the Chargers heading back east to take on the Eagles, Currently, the Chargers laying one and a half total at fifty. And Scott, you've got an official play on a teaser in this matchup.
3: Yeah, I like Philly here again. That that metric I talked about, Matt, uh, does signal that this would be a good teaser opportunity. We want to get over seven, so uh, obviously at six points here at one and a half, we can get the seven and a half. If you have a price where you can, you know, do a six and a half point teaser, assuming you're at, uh, you know, only one or something, you can still get it up to seven and a half and you can lay minus 120 or better, I think that's a good option. But I like Philly here. You know, the Chargers, um, you know, I don't know exactly all the reasons Chris had had New England last week, but we do know New England was going to be able to run the ball in the Chargers last week, and they certainly did that. Philly should be able to do that here. Um, And I don't have enough confidence, so to speak, for Philly to – be be absolutely confident they're going to win this game because I think the Chargers will be able to throw the ball a little bit here. Um, But I do get it like getting over a touchdown because I think Philly is going to be able to move the ball on the ground against this Charger team, which has been really, really bad defending the run this year, and Philly's been very, very good uh, running the ball. So uh, I like them to be able to keep the game close and getting anything over a touchdown here uh, I think gives us some opportunities. uh, With Philly, we'll tease them with the Rams, getting that under three. Um, and we'll talk about the Rams game on Friday, obviously. But uh, right now, for uh, official purposes, because this line has moved, uh, let's take Philly in a teaser and get it up over seven.
2: Yeah, and it, it, and as we speak, uh, the line's moving back up. Uh, I guess the Chargers are getting a little bit of support before uh, I thought they would. But it, it's 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 trickling back up a little bit, and we're going to have to see what it goes to. I, You know what? I, I feel like this is a potential teaser buster game. I, I don't know what it is. I, I just really am not a believer in this Philly team. And if if things go south, I th- you know what, I think Philly either wins or, they, or they, they could very easily just, you know, the doors could fall off. Uh, you know, a Charger three touchdown win isn't going to surprise me in the least. So that's the only thing that I worry about is the possible variance uh, in that kind of game. And when I tease games, I try to pick situations where the team I'm betting against isn't the type of team that can really score quickly and, and opportunistically.
1: Yeah, Scott, one thing we've talked about over the past few weeks, I think it was a point that Chris initially brought up, was the notion of the Chargers going for it on fourth down pretty often. Even when it's optimal, it might be unusual for them to go for it in their own territory um, going for two, although now they have a new kicker, another new kicker. So the jury's out, but he made all his kicks last week. Um, but between fourth down attempts going for two, that could make the chargers uh, less likely than some other teams perhaps to land on key numbers and, and add some variance to their outcomes. Does that factor into your thought process when it comes to teasing a game involving a team like that?
3: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, and we've seen Sirianni do that a little bit with Philly too. Um, you know, so I don't think so i mean you know i've got metrics that say hey is this game a good game to possibly tease in the right circumstances it is yes i know and we're seeing a lot of teams do this by the way guys i mean uh not so much last week because i missed a few of the games but the week before how many times did we see teams go for in a fourth down we've we've spoken about that before but we're just seeing this more and more and more now um but i, no, I if my you know it's kind of like chris said earlier if my metrics say this is a game to tease i'm teasing it and if not i'm not and um and, we, you know, we let everything kind of shake out. And if we need to make adjustments later on, uh, I will. But um, it, right now it's not factored into it.
2: I think it's probably pretty good. I'm just, uh, you know, playing a little devil's advocate on, on why the Chargers would make me a little bit nervous uh, uh, in that type of Because they're situation. the Chargers. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> All you need Chris, to say I, is they're the Chargers.
2: Yeah, And, Chris, I think you're spot on. I Look, I was on Philly
3: um, at Vegas. They got their doors blown out, right? We've seen them get their doors blown out at Dallas. Um, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're a very tough team to figure out. And um, I'm always a little bit hesitant because I, I don't even know what to think about Jalen Hurts. They're not a great passing team. I'd rather have a good passing team than a good running team, quite frankly. And, you know, Chargers obviously have some advantages throwing the ball here. But um, I think there's enough here where Philly can run to keep this game close. But look, if Philly gets blown out, I'm not surprised. We've seen it enough this year. So.
2: My numbers say it's supposed to be pick them. So it's right where it is. I'm happy I get to sit it out actually.
1: Yeah,'m I'm, I'm also sitting out for now, although I'm leaning pretty strongly Scott's way with that teaser, the Eagles and the Rams. And if this continues to trickle up, um, I'll take it if we get maybe a two and a half to go up through the eight, that seems like a slightly more uh, common number for games to land on these days. So gonna take some time. Scott, I might join you on this one. Um, let's go. Friday. Yeah, let's go. the superchargers. Uh, but for now we've got Scott teasing the eagles pairing them with the rams you get the eagles plus seven and a half the rams down to minus one and a half or two depending on where you shop currently a pass for both chris and myself and guys we've got one more game to get to today that taking us to primetime on thursday night the jets visiting the colts indy currently laying ten and a half total 46 and a half and chris what are you looking for in week two of the mike white experience for the jets
2: uh, my psychology degree, so I can figure out the mental outlook uh, of the Colts. I mean, what a what a just a brutal way to lose last week. And you have to wonder how, you know, they recover from that. Uh, but, you know, there is a little bit of brightness that it looks potentially like Tennessee could stumble a bit without Henry in the lineup. So it, it gives them some hope. They're not completely out of it here. I, I really feel that this Colts team is far better than their record, and a lot of people would agree. Uh, they're, st- they're, st- they're still in the top fifteen uh, with a miserable record, so uh, it- it's just tough. When you're laying ten and a half or eleven points, that's not a position I want to be in uh, on either direction. They're, you know, White had a monster game last week, but now there's tape on them, so now you know they can prepare. And it's going to be a short week on uh, on the young quarterback to prepare. So that works against him also. Uh, and uh, Indy keeps dropping players. Hilton's out, and uh, I think they lost another player. And it, 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 it's just amazing. And, 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 you know, Wentz was a chump to start the season, and then he was everybody's hero. And after last week, he's everybody's chump again. How is he going to respond? There are so many variables going on in this game. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a murder she wrote night for me.
1: Yeah, I'm on the same page there with you. I know the audience watching this loves picks. Uh, I do as well, but one thing I think we all love more than picks is growing our bankroll, and when I look at this spread in total, I don't see an edge to do that, so sometimes the prudent thing is to just pass. But a couple of things I'll be keeping in mind here. That Jets cover was no fluke last week. I know they had some decent fortune with a very questionable helmet-to-helmet call late in the game to win outright. Um, But you could even argue the outright win wasn't so fluky considering they beat the Bengals by almost a full yard per play. They went minus two in turnovers and still won that one, uh, covered pretty soundly. And for the Colts, Chris, you talked about there being some tape out now on Mike White. I think Indy's defense better equipped to take away some of the easy stuff that the Bengals were conceding. So going to be really curious to see what happens now that um, there is some game film out there on this new quarterback for the Jets. Scott, what do you make of this Thursday night matchup?
3: Uh, lines about where it should be. I, I, think I made it about eleven and a half. made the total like 47, maybe 46.1. I'd have to look at it. Uh, but right, basically right where it's at, uh, Chris hit it. T Y Hilton. Now Quentin Nelson, now the lineman who just came back a little while ago, might be out again. I've got good situations going both ways, going against a team who just won as a double digit underdog, the jets, but then, you know, there's stuff, um, that's, uh, going against, uh, Indianapolis as well. So, you know, I've done this long enough when you got all those situations going each way. no value, really. Um, it, it's a pass for me. and but I, you're right, Matt. I'm just looking since or the jets success rate sixty seven percent last week, uh, outstanding. And you know, since was only like forty five percent throwing the ball, sixty percent running the ball, but um you know nothing fluky about the Jets. and it made me kind of wonder, just thinking about this going forward, um, you know, we know that Mike White's not the quarterback going forward necessarily, but He's got some experience so did this team just play better because you got an experienced quarterback versus a rookie quarterback back there you know we'll, we'll see going forward here uh, as he continues to start maybe a couple more games but that was the other thought you know i just took from that game and want to kind of see if he continues to start as well
1: yeah we've got some good intrigue heading into the thursday night matchup but no official plays for the three of us it's going to be a pass across the board but again if you were watching earlier you saw Chris in play on the Patriots laying four on the road in Carolina. Also on play, uh, Chris would be on the Saints laying six at home to the Falcons. And Scott teasing the Eagles up to plus seven and a half hosting the Chargers and pairing them with the Rams crossing down through the three hosting the Titans on Sunday night. Plenty of more games coming everybody's way on our Friday show. And guys, before we wrap this one up, we do have one question from the live chat to get to. Uh, it mentions lots of trades happening. Of course, this being the NFL trade deadline day. Um, what do you guys make of the OBJ situation in Cleveland? Well, they didn't move them, right? Is the de- deadline I, is over? It's passed. It? Yeah, I think the yeah. deadline's come and gone, and it just seems more like a, a little bit of drama that, um, you know, just might be sticking around with the Browns locker room um, after some of the headlines earlier today pertaining to OBJ not getting the ball thrown to him perhaps as much. Uh, I I guess that's what this question might be asking. How much stock do you guys put into something like that versus some of the more quantifiable metrics that we can look at with these NFL teams?
2: I don't understand why. I don't understand the economics of uh, the two players, but uh, Deshaun Jackson for OBJ might have been uh, something to consider. Uh, The Rams ended up just releasing him. So uh, I I don't know why they kept him on the team. It's not that he's done anything bad. He's just not you know, it's not a right fit for him. Uh, you would have thought that they tried to make some sort of attempt and, and just was his value is far lower than anybody realized.
3: Uh, apparently his dad tried to make an attempt because I think he tweeted out yeah. or something, some videos of him not getting the ball or something. Right. So, uh, and look, I thought Cleveland improved last year. Once OBJ got hurt and just kind of took him out of the equation. So, I mean, to me, it's a problem child. And, um, um, you know that's a fairly successful team last couple of years and if he's still a problem it uh, doesn't surprise me that people maybe don't want him it's a
1: distraction that's
2: the-
3: yeah exactly
1: yeah well one more question that uh came in a bit late kind of piggybacking on that uh could pertain to obj i guess there was some rumor of him possibly going to the saints of course we had all have uh, heard about that if it happened. um but along those lines uh, is Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill better throwing the ball uh, to a receiver, at least a receiver like Beckham, let's say, than Baker Mayfield would be? Chris, maybe this can tie in with how you look at the Saints this week, knowing that uh, they're definitely not going to have Jameis in there.
2: Well, I think uh, Philip Rivers will be back in two weeks. So uh, <laughs> he, he's made it clear that he's uh, open-minded to joining the Saints. Wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, but – you know what? I, 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 I don't like to BS. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, uh, I don't know don't know enough about the, the quarterbacks. I know that they're serviceable. And uh, uh, we haven't seen OBG play in, in how long? OBJ? See, I butchered a name again.
1: <laughs> that, was a, that wasn't even <laughs> a name. Those were just the initials. <laughs> I can't even get initials right. Yeah, well, it's all good. I think you did get right the larger point where, uh, again, sometimes the shrewd thing to do is not to force a take right off the bat, but be open-minded, and you've also mentioned being quick to pivot. So as we see things on the field that weren't changing our minds, we'll be quick to do so and see where that can help us uncover some edges on the betting board.
3: Hey, hey Matt, note, I, Matt, ahead, Matt, Matt, I would just say this on that, too. I, 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 think you know. I think this only costs the Saints two or three points by having these other quarterbacks in there. And I think the other thing, and like Chris said, you know, maybe maybe Philip Rivers is back in a few weeks. But right now, here's what we know: New Orleans is playing Atlanta. I don't think it matters at that, that quarterback. I don't know who New Orleans plays next week. They play a good team. Maybe it matters more, but they're not going to need a quarterback that's going to need to throw the ball 45 times this week. Uh, you know, that, again, what I talked about that line of scrimmage on both offense and defense. It's going to be very serviceable. They'll they'll be fine. These quarterbacks, I don't think, are winning a Super Bowl for him, but. So maybe maybe Rivers, you know, comes in and saves the day in that regard. But um, short-term, I think they're going to be fine.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd love to see Rivers come back. I really would. Uh, uh, people don't realize how well he did at Indianapolis last year. And, you know, him not having to go through a whole season, he might be just fine. Uh, mm-hmm. We just don't know. Let's see what the, who the Saints are playing. Oh, boy. Yeah, they better get somebody in there. They, they play Tennessee and uh, away at Philadelphia, Buffalo, Dallas, Tampa
1: Bay. They've got some tough games. Yep. Yeah, well, one of the bigger knocks against Rivers during the tail end of his career was his arm strength. And if there's one NFL coach who has experience maximizing a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback with a declining arm, That would be Sean Payton with the Saints. So that could be a fun pairing to see if Rivers does indeed make it back. I think for now, uh, we can go out on that note with our Tuesday show. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. And again, if you're with us on YouTube, go ahead and give us a quick thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. And don't forget, if you want to get an early start on your week nine portfolio, you can do so by signing up today at BetUS using the promo code NFL2021 for a 125% sign up bonus. We'll be back with you, as always, to break down the full weekend board on Friday. And we'll be doing so back at our original time. That's 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So we'll see you then right back here at BetUS, where the game begins.